Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse number 11. The Bible says, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is the word of God. Would you pray with me again this morning? Father, we thank you. We praise you. God, how sweet it is to be here today. God, we thank you for already your presence in this place. We're so glad to know that uh, we know that we know we're saved, but God, it's good that you allow us to sense and feel your presence and your power in our midst at times. And so, God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for this occasion of pastor appreciation. We thank you for this church who takes time to give honor where honor is due and to recognize that they are blessed to have such a man of God and his wife and his daughter, God. And we praise you, God, for the ministry that is taking place right here in among your people, God, and all that Reedy Branch is about and all that the leadership here is about. And God, we ask you to bless our time together this morning continuously, even now that we've read your word to us, God. We thank you, God, for your precious book, for your precious word. We Ask you, God, to speak to our hearts, move in our midst, encourage us, challenge us, convict us. And God, it may be that there is one in the building that's not saved. We pray, God, for salvation today. That you might draw men, women, boys, and girls to, to know you for who you are. Bless our time. Continue to, we pray, he the Holy Spirit to abide right here. And speak, we ask, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning, and knowing today is Past Appreciation Day, I do want to commend you for being sure to take time at least once a year to have such a service, and I'm sure that you show appreciation and, and uh, thankfulness all throughout the year to this dear family, and just continue to do that, but it is good and right that we have these occasions to recognize them. We, we have come to worship and honor God, and I believe God is honored uh, and worshiped when we honor His manservant, the man of God. So I believe it's right and good that we do so. The Bible says here in the text that he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. I believe when we read all of uh, what we find in this particular chapter of the book of Ephesians and when we read all that God has said in his word, we understand that God has given uh, particular gifts. Yes, he has given giftedness in regards to individuals, but particularly if you study this passage and you study this text, is seemingly God is saying that he has given these gifts in regards to the church, understanding the establishment of the church. And so when he says he has given to some apostles, we are thankful for uh, the calling of apostles. We are thankful for their purpose. We are thankful for all that uh, God had given them to do in, in the time that they served. And we're still preaching and teaching the apostolic doctrine. And, and God had a particular season and a particular time for the apostles. But we do believe that that time has come and gone in the sense that that was an established calling that has been served out during that season. And then the, the giftedness of the prophets. Well, aren't you glad for the prophets? Aren't you thankful for those who prophesied and 
foretold and was foretelling of things that God was going to do and what God was doing. And they were the, the voices of God for God between God and man during that time. And, and we're still preaching what they prophesied and some of what has come to reality and, and has been fulfilled and, and still yet that which is yet to come. But we believe that we have the full prophecy, but we're thankful for the time of the prophets and for their season of ministry and for their purpose and, and what God has used them and raised them up to do in regards to the, the ministry of the church. And then it mentions here in the text the, the, the evangelists and the pastors and teachers and, and particularly for the evangelists, those who are are gifted in regards to sharing the good news of the gospel. Those that are gifted at reaching those that are lost. We all have a responsibility. Y'all know that, don't you? How many of y'all are saved? We all have a responsibility to share the gospel and to be a light in a dark world. But there are those who are particularly gifted as evangelists that just seem that God has equipped and gifted in a particular way that they just have this heart and this passion and this giftedness and reaching the lost. And we thank God for those that, that are still serving in this season of the church that we're living in at this time. And then he mentions pastors and teachers. And I believe in the context of the scriptures, it's synonymous when he says pastors and teachers. It's not two different positions there in this particular passage of scripture, but it's pastors and teachers. They're gifted as pastors, and a part of pastoring is teaching. Uh, good preaching and good pastoring is also setting the example and teaching others. And one of the things that I learned out of the text in regards to uh, this great gift of the pastor, aren't y'all glad that that God gave to us the gift of a pastor? Aren't you glad that in the life of this man and his wife and this family that God along the way, before Brother Hilton even knew that God was up to uh, along the way in the ups and downs in his own life, God was preparing him and equipping him and getting him ready that he might call him and present him to you, the church, as a gift for you that he might serve in this capacity as your pastor. Not knowing that his wife, along the way in her life, she did not know that God was getting her ready and equipping her that she might be a pastor's wife. That she might become the first lady of Reedy Branch and that she might serve in the capacity of making him all that God would want him to be. I believe and I will testify, a man of God needs a good wife. A preacher, a pastor needs a wife that will support him and encourage him and, and challenge him and be real with him and be true with him and, and, and be there to, I tell you, I get credit for a lot of things at times that I've done. Be honest, I wouldn't have done it if my wife hadn't encouraged me to do it. There's been times that God has, has uh, uh, given me something to do, but maybe because of my own reluctance or my own laziness, I probably would not have went. But I had a wife there saying, you know, you probably should go. And I would go, and boy, the people would be so thankful that I went, and they would just just appreciate how what a heart I have. And at the same time, I want to say you weren't to be thinking my wife. I probably wouldn't have come if she hadn't have encouraged me. God understands we need good, godly wives. And, and God raised them up and equipped them and blessed them and prepared them to be your gift. A gift to yet the church, the kingdom work, but to really branch. 
along the way and then blessed them with this beautiful daughter and brought them to you that they might be your first family. I tell you, do you, I don't know that you really understand how blessed you are to have them. I, I'm real with you when I, I, I share with you they are known throughout the association. They are a leading family within our association. You are a leading church, but much of it has to do with the gift that God has given to you in regards to this pastor and his family. I want to say to you, when you appreciate him, be sure to always appreciate his wife. When you appreciate them, always appreciate this daughter. It's a family affair. We, the whole family makes sacrifices. The whole family puts forth effort. The whole family is called to this work, and it makes a great difference when the whole family is willing to follow the will of God and what God has given them to do. We think about the church. Someone said the church is the only institution that the Lord promised to build, and to bless, and he has given the church the gift of a pastor. Someone said the church is the gathering place for true worshipers, and, and God has given to the church, knowing the church needs an under-shepherd to the great shepherd, to shepherd the sheep and care for the flock. He has given to the church pastor. The church is the, the most precious assembly of all because Christ purchased the church with his own blood. Do you not know you are precious to God? We all are precious to him. He has purchased us with his blood and we are precious. The church is precious and God saw fit and saw the need to give the church the gift of a pastor. So I want to say to you, it is good that you appreciate and are thankful for the pastor that you have been provided. Thankful to God that God would see us. We are the sheep. You know, sheep need a shepherd. He is the great shepherd, but he has chosen earthen vessels to serve as the under shepherd, to minister and to love and to care for his people. I appreciate, always appreciate. You know, it's like any gift that you get. Sometimes I get gifts at Christmas that I don't hardly know what to do with. I've done weddings before, and you know, people like to give you a little something for doing a wedding when you're the preacher, but I've been giving stuff at weddings. I wasn't sure even what it was, but I, I appreciated the gift. I, I, at least they thought enough to give me something, so, so I, you know, we should always be appreciative when somebody gives thought enough to give you something, where the church should greatly appreciate that God thought enough of us, the church, to give us the gift of a pastor to love us and care for us and nurture us and all that God is and who that he is, that we should show our appreciation for the pastor. So I appreciate what you're doing today in doing so. Not only the gift that God has given and given to us, the pastor. But this text reminds us of the work of the pastor. And not only should we appreciate the gift that God has given, but we should respect the great work that God has also given for him to do. Look in the text, the work that, that God has given him to do. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, that for the perfecting of the saints, your pastor has a responsibility to be sure that he continues to help you to grow, to help you to mature, to help you to be all that God would have you to be, to help you to reach your full potential. What a great responsibility for the man of God. You know, I'm sure uh, Brother Hilton at times, as I have as a pastor, uh, in my frustration and in my aggravation, I've said to God, now God, these are your people. 
that you have given to me to be a pastor of. And God, I need you to help me to help your people to be all that you would have your people to do. You know, sometimes people make it easy to be the pastor. Sometimes people make it hard to be the pastor. But whether it's easy or whether it's hard, he has the responsibility uh, for you and for your souls. He will give an account, not only when he stands before God, but also how you stand before God. And he, he has a responsibility in the preaching and proclaiming of the word of God that you may grow and be nurtured thereby to be, to be all that God would have you to be. And I tell you, you have a pastor that has a heart for you. He wants you to reach your full potential. Don't make it any harder than it has to be. <laughs> One of the greatest ways that he will do that is to preach and to proclaim the word, but also to serve and also to show passion and also to be there for you. Someone said in regards to a pastor, in regards to a preacher, Pastoral ministry is more than just to preach every Sunday. You think about a pastor, he is called to preach, he is called to teach, he is called to lead, to serve, to care for, to nurture, to mentor, to encourage, to counsel, to be wise, to, to be understanding, to be patient, to be, to be all these things on and on and on is the heart of a pastor and the calling of a pastor. His great work is for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of of the ministry, that the ministry might keep expanding. Now, whether you agree or disagree, in my observation all these years, what I've been observing from being the pastor and now in serving in this capacity, I see Rudy Branch just continuing to grow and the ministry expanding and kingdom work expanding and, and, and you've not been left behind. You've been keeping up with the times and, and you're just growing and you're just maturing. I want you to know something. That's not the norm anymore. That's not what's happening across the convention. That's not it's what's happening across the association. You are abnormal from what's happening when they're growing in the ministry. And I believe one of the reasons you continue to grow and expand is because of great leadership. Because of a pastor who takes serious the calling upon his life is not to be contented with the status quo. It's not just to do enough to get by, but to put the work and the time and the effort and the sacrifice in to be sure that the ministry continues to grow and expand. And he does that not just by preaching and teaching, but by setting the example for you to follow. And by the way, while I'm there, if a man of, if he is the man of God, y'all believe he's the man of God? And we have churches now praying about pastors, that they need a pastor. And I, and, and I see you doing this, and I commend you for doing so, following the leadership of your pastor. If he's the man of God, and, and he's the man God has given to you, and the gift of God, and he's doing the work of the man of God, then, then he ought to be uh, uh, followed in regards to his leadership as God deals in his heart and leads him and guides him. When he says, church, we need to do this because God is leading us in this direction, it should mean something in the church should be willing to follow. He's not a dictator. He, he's really not in charge of anything. He's a servant to God and a servant to the people. But he's not a doormat. He's the man of God that is to be followed as he does the work of God. I encourage you, keep following the man of God. Keep setting the example that when good leadership is in place, God does a great work. When, when, when those who are of the church will follow good leadership, God continues to bless. And I believe that's what you've been doing these years. Not only for the work of the ministry, 
before the edifying of the body of Christ. He has a responsibility for the building up of the church. He's not here to tear down the church. He's not here to cause confusion. He's not here to cause conflict, but it's for the edifying, for the building up. You know, God has promised the church is going to make it. Church has problems and issues, but it's still the best thing going today. And the church will prevail. The church will have victory. And one of the great responsibility of this pastor and his family is to continue the edifying and the building up of the church. Knowing his work is enough in itself. The gift should be appreciated and the work that is being done should be respected. Have respect for the man of God. Have respect for his wife, for his daughter. Be careful how you address them. Be careful how you talk to them. If you talk about them, talk good of them. If you don't have anything good to say, pray that God will help you to find something good to say. If it's hard for you to find something to, to say in blessings in regards to them, pray for yourself because you probably need God to help you with where you are spiritually. But, but lift them up and be careful. He is to be respected for the work that he does. He does a work that nobody else does. Not only is he the gift, not only do we consider the work but with this work comes the great goal that God has said in regards to the ministry. Look in verse 13. It says, till we all come in the unity of the faith. In other words, the pastor is to keep perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, edifying of the body of Christ. Keep working till we all come in the unity of faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The gift should be appreciated. The work should be respected. And what a great goal. It should be highly regarded. His goal is that we would all come together in the unity of the faith. One of the great blessings of the pastor is see the, the church coming together on one accord. The church working together for one common goal. We are, we are under one faith, one baptism, one God. Isn't that right? And, and the pastor continues to work that, that, that to unify who we are in Christ. To, to be sure we may have differences of opinions about this and that. We may not always agree on everything, but we agree that there is one way and one truth and we trust in one God and we have one common goal to be a light in a dark world. And, and the pastor continues to motivate and encourage that we reach that goal knowing we can get more done together in unity than we'll ever do apart. He can't take sides. He can't be for this side and against that side. He loves everybody the same. Even those who don't like him, he has to love them. Those who won't support him, he has to love them. Those who won't, won't talk good of them, he still has to love them and encourage them and, and demonstrate this ideal of unity. Love everybody, work with everybody, serve God and serve everybody and do what you have to do to continue to encourage everybody to be on one accord for kingdom work. Not only in the unity of faith, but also in the knowledge of the Son of God. One of the great goals is that the world may know him 
and not only the knowledge of him, but continue to get to know him, continue to grow in him. Week after week preaching this truth that men, women, boys and girls may grow in Christ. Once you become acquainted with him, that you might continue to get to know him and build a loving relationship with him, that you might continue to learn to, to live and acknowledge and become a great part of kingdom work. He has a great responsibility to continue to, to help folks come to the knowledge of who God is. Not only in his preaching and teaching, but also in his living, his leading, his serving, his loving, and all the things that God has given him to do as a pastor. And again, that cannot be done effectively without a good godly wife. Cannot be done in all that it needs to be done without a, a family, a daughter, or ever how many siblings a pastor might have and without them setting a good example of what it means in regards to being all that we are to be when we say we know Him and we live for Him. It says, unto the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I believe this has everything to do with understanding a part of His work. It's not only that He's going to know and He's going to stand before God and give an account, but the sheep that God has assigned Him as the shepherd over that he also is going to give an account when you stand before God. Whether you stand there to hear him say, well done, in the fullness of Christ, or whether you could have been more faithful. Now you're going to give an account for yourself, but he has the weight of the church upon him. He has a responsibility, not that he chose, but that God called him to Called this wife to. This daughter was born into this. <laughs> and he will answer to God as well of how you answer to God. I tell you, that's one of the greatest challenges for every pastor to know that I got to do my best. I got to give my all. I got to leave it all on the line. I got to throw out the lifeline week after week. I got to live the life. I got to serve with compassion. I got to do all because I'm going to answer before God, but, but also when my people stand before Him, God's going to hold me accountable. Brother Hilton, He will. And you've done well and you're doing well. Keep on doing well. God's watching and God's observing. Give your all and keep giving your all. Give you everything. Wife, you've done well and you're doing well. Keep on giving your all and doing everything. Daughter, keep on doing everything in all things. You are the first family of, of Reed Bench. You have a responsibility for everyone in this church. And somehow, when you stand before God, God's going to hold you accountable how every one of them stand before God. You've been here for a while now. You've made an impact. You've had an influence. And God's not going to let you by whatever you're pouring into them is making a difference yes. Amen. hold that and hold that true one of the great things he does in my closing what he preaches and what he proclaims I heard the brother in his testimony I believe mention about the peace he has one of the great responsibilities the man of God has is to proclaim peace. There was a gentleman 
I believe his first name may have been Arthur. I'm not sure, but his last name was Nobel. He's been given credit for creating dynamite. His intention and his great pleasure after his accomplishment of creating dynamite and the intent was to use it to to remove rock and, and those obstructions that buildings and roads might be built. But man took his creation and began to use it for war and began to use it for hurt and for harm. And Mr. Nobel was broken by that because he intended it for good. He took much of his treasure and he put it away in an account. It was said to be about $9 million. And he established and said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to begin to recognize those who promote peace. And every year he would recognize someone with a financial gift for promoting peace. And it became known as the Nobel Peace Prize that they still recognize. That story caught my attention because what the man of God has a responsibility to do over and over. Yes, to remind us there's a war raging. But his responsibility is to over and over promote there is peace that has been extended and that has been offered. And that peace is found in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a war that is real and it's been real since Adam sinned in the garden. God had it perfect, but Adam broke it and we've all been broken from birth. And there's wars raging every day and conflict, but there's peace in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the responsibility we have over and over is to preach the way, the truth, and the life. And that in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's peace from brokenness. There's peace from the battle that rages from within. There's peace from the struggle that is real and is found in Jesus. Nobel Peace Prize is one thing. But when we stand before God, we have another prize for promoting the peace that is found in Christ Jesus, a crown of righteousness. Boy, not only for the preacher, but for all of you. How many of you are saved? Are you saved? We're all called to be peace promoters, to share with the lost and the dying world there's peace in Jesus, there's peace in Christ. And I can promise you on this Pastor Appreciation Day, the greatest blessing for any pastor is when men, women, boys, and girls walk the aisle of the church, come out of the way of sin, and find peace in Christ Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed the message today. And if you happen to not have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's as simple as the ABCs. If you would admit that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a Savior and believe that God sent His very Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to be the sacrifice for our sins and that He died 
for our sins. And he arose on the third day. And then if you would confess him as your Lord and Savior, you can be saved. You must believe this with all your heart. And you must be willing to serve him. If you are, all you have to do is talk with Jesus. You don't need a preacher. You don't need a church to get saved. But if you get saved, find yourself a Bible-believing church. And I believe God will richly bless you.